For those of you looking to join Loot Crate, we have a special promo code for this our very podcast. If you go to lootcrate.com backslash meltcast, use the promo code meltcast3, and that will get you the promotion that is most current for Loot Crate. Check it out, lootcrate.com. In Meltdown News, meet Marry Me creator and YouTube star Bobby Crosby this Saturday, January 7th at noon p.m. We have three variant covers for purchase. Come and get them signed if you're in the L.A. area. That is the Marry Me creator, Bobby Crosby. Keep a lookout for dollar-off coupons strewn about the L.A. Metro Transit. That's right. If you find a Meltdown dollar-off coupon, you can put that towards any purchase at Meltdown. Ride the Metro and save at Meltdown Comics. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first Meltcast 3.0 in the year 2017. That's right. So long to 2016. Uh, There was a lot of people that were very happy to see 2016 come to a close uh, for a pop culture uh, podcast Mm -hmm. um, and comics related. Um, It 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 it's easy to say that 2016 was a bad year just in celebrity deaths in a number of of things happened but all, it was pretty historically had but, its woes too though i feel like in 5 years it'll be really easy to be like uh oh yeah it seemed really bad mm-hmm. just wait till those dumb fools got to 2018 and then damn. yeah yeah, yeah. there there isn't a way even though the bad things happened in 2016 i feel like when we talk about 5 years later even co- not comparing it to necessarily the bad stuff but just like i i'll look back on 2016 and and it'll be like a bittersweet thing because i i, I honestly i look back on 2006 and i can't say much yeah. You know what I mean? Two thousand eight, I can say some things. Twenty twelve, I can say some things, but there's some pockets of yeah. I don't remember two thousand three all that great. Yeah. Well, to me, it's just all a blur. Yeah. Which is my which is my problem, but uh, I guess the way I think of it is in like the kind of um, like you ever watch? Uh, I want to say I love the eighties or yes. Um, I think Spike used to have a show about video games yeah. where they'd be like, I remember 1989, <laughs> this game came out and changed my life. That's that's what, like, that's what I'm saying, that those people will look back on 2016. Me, it's just going to be a blur. So what will you say, what do you say, um, since we now have this uh, time capsule mm-hmm. of, of the ultimate reflection on, um, what is it you're going to miss most about 2016? Uh... Or what was the happiest memory made in 2016 for you? Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't remember. 
No, dude. I'm already forgetting all of 2016. I was going to say the thing that I, uh, I am going to miss the most is the feeling that Donald Trump wasn't going to win. Living in that safe little world of... of... Like that brief moment where it's like, oh yeah, he's still a joke and there's no way he can pull this off. Because now we're just in the reality that he did mm, pull it off. Yeah. That's, uh, that's something I took for granted. And as this podcast comes out, uh, we'll, we'll have basically when we'll have three days, three days left of oh. Obama. As Wait. you're listening to this now, three mm. days of Obama left, basically. Mm. So, yeah, that's um, that is something. Yeah, sure, that will be missed of 2016. Um, I think I made. I mean, there was. There's even an episode where I I I speak the most um, clear words that I've had on the fallout from that um, w- on a on a podcast about digression. And anyone that's uh, listening to Melcast knows that we do digress from time <laughs> to time. Uh, that was my my commentary on on just how I watched everyone react to. Um, the news of Drumpf. Um, that was, uh, that was probably the clearest sit down, think of your talking points and go that a podcast host should do always. Uh, that was what brought the most clarity to me. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I remember that feeling pretty starkly. Um, but it, 2016 for, for again, on the topic of anyone that's listening to us, uh, everyone, I had so many people comment on, hey, I love hearing how you just go to England all the time. Yeah. Um, that was uh, that was one of the coolest things about 2016 was I got to travel the most that I ever have. I got to go. I got to see. You went um, to England twice, right? Last year? No. No. Or 2016, th- I went three times. Oh, two shit. of which were for um, Take the Pill uh, Neo land uh, ride. And then... Uh, and then um, it was uh, also just on my own, mm. uh, a trip with Pauline. But then I went, I went back home a couple times. I saw uh, Washington State um, and then um, met Shaman and got to dress up as Green Lantern. It was a, it was a good year. And um, another thing in which I think is a huge deal is my Chicago Cubs won the World Series and that's it. I I can check out for the rest of my life now. Uh, being being an actor, director, doing video work, that my whole life is kind of sucked into this realm of like artistic and commercial and like sports. Just like I gave that up kind of in a way in college because it was just like this is too time consuming and too too like actually draining of my energy. I can't do this. But once the Cubs started to look like they were going to maybe clinch it was when I paid attention to the last third. And none of my teams, be it the Chicago Bulls, the Bulls won at some time when I was a little kid. Um, the Minnesota Vikings have never won the Super Bowl. Uh, in, at the very, very, very start of 2016, the Iowa Hawkeyes went to the Rose Bowl. And that was a shit show and uh the only good thing that came out of that was the stanford band was permanently banned um from performing anywhere because they're fucking assholes (laughs) fuck them if you're listening from stanford 
and you want to act like your band is cool, go right ahead. I I'm I made my piece a long time ago. But um the Cubs winning, I, I almost don't need to watch sports again because that was a hundred and eight year like streak broken. Um and I can now say one of my teams won, so I think I'm good for the rest of my life. And like mm-hmm. the generations of my family members who are dead and living that didn't get to see that happen and now do. It's like I feel like I have the whole the whole lineage of like my ancestors now. Right. Like I have power. I have connection <laughs> to them and I can move boldly into twenty seventeen mm-hmm. just fine. Um Rogue One was also a, a highlight. Yes. Yes, it was. To, we, had, we had our episode with our thoughts, but I, I think I've since seen it a second time. I don't remember if I had seen it. I did, too, time. in going back home. Mm. And, um, and yeah, my dad reacted positively. And that's the thing. I don't... Have you seen it with family members? or I, I saw it with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just feel like... I feel like that's a common thing I've heard is like, yeah, I definitely saw that with my dad. It's just like one of those things that you, you, even if they're going to, even if the only course for them to go is just down a a road of just kind of being dumb, it's like the ritual of going and seeing it. But it was nice to, for a brief moment, be like, that wasn't dumb at all. Mm -hmm. That was great. Um, And there's a whole podcast on that one. (laughs) Um, which probably went a little long, but that's okay. Uh, true Mocast style. Yeah. Which also, um, it's funny that that happens to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that? Um, it's like a screenshot of somebody's, not text, but like somebody wrote something about going to see Rogue One with their dad because mm-hmm. their dad, because they're Mexican and the, he's like, uh, the person writing it said, I wanted my dad to see this movie because Diego Luna is so yeah. like upfront about his accent and like does not try and get rid of it he, no it's there and the the post was like and then my dad like kept asking like like and he's mexican and this movie <laughs> did well and people liked it and the, how like the dad was so proud and yeah it's gone viral yeah and i was like damn that's it that's cool. that was my intention except my dad was just like yeah that was a cool movie oh really <laughs> so do you don't think he took like uh i'm sure he did because we've talked about that before and one of the uh I don't know how true this is, but somebody else told this to me and have slowly realized that it is true hmm. that uh, Mexicans are always uh, very aware of famous Mexicans because it's such a like a kind of a rare thing that it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's funny because we had because um, my sister's boyfriend is Mexican and he's like, he's a hero to us. Diego Luna is just yeah, a hero. A he just really is. And um, and it it's funny that. The whole of Mexico, in a way, is that way. Because in the States, like, to me, anyone who gets on any sort of national stage from Iowa, that's a big deal. But it's like the Iowa versus Mexico, it's it's just interesting because we – it was almost an immediate bonding of, like, yeah, we have our, you know, home heroes, too. Yeah. Um, it's just ours are Ashton Kutcher and – Elijah Wood, even though he doesn't take so much pride in being from home, <laughs> and Tom Arnold. Um, so it's like uh, I, I'm waiting for someone that it's not just Iowans that go fuck yeah, but the whole of the country goes like, fuck yeah from someone guy. from Iowa. Yeah, I almost, in a foolish way, 
He's not. I don't think he's. Well, no, he's obviously not from Iowa. But I almost said out loud, "America's that way about Tom Hiddleston," but he's not American. <laughs> I was like, we're so proud of Tom Hiddleston, but no, he's not our well, that, proud. Of yeah, yeah. I'm I'm almost in a way I'm 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 happy that like Star Wars, like the all the superheroes, it's kind of like these are American heroes that are going towards uh only Brits. Um and being that I'm dating a Brit, like that's just like a thing that's like expected. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, oh, that's so weird. I saw him on BBC for so long and now he's like making an American films. But in a way, Star Wars, it's like this is about space. It's not about really any sort of like, kind of yeah. So, so the fact that we did finally see like all walks of the world in it. I don't remember if we talked about that in, in our Rogue One episode about how. Like, no, because, but, but in a way I almost feel like that's better that that's like one of the other follow thing, follow up things we wanted to say was because we talked for two some odd hours or maybe just two hours, something. We talked a, a lot about it on its merits beyond just diversity, which anyone who's a shithead is like, oh, they're just trying to diversify. Even when I'm pro-diversity, if I talk two hours before I even get to the topic mm-hmm. of diversity, I think that's a true mark of the film. So that's, yeah, and in terms of like things that happen and reflecting, I think that's... uh that's going to definitely stand out in my mind. So what um, did you do then for your New Year's, bridging the gap between 2016 and 2017? Uh, well, uh, we did talk about this a little bit, so I'm going to, I guess, start with this. The do it. Week, it was a Monday, and so New Year's Eve was Saturday night, right? Yes. So Monday of that week, I went to go see Passengers. Oh, yes. Uh, the Chris Pratt, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Space Titanic movie mm-hmm. that the internet loves to hate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my roommate being one of those who follows everything the internet says and was just ragging on it before it began. Yeah. Uh, I I didn't read anything about it. I just know that people didn't like it. So yeah. I, I tried to go in with an open mind. Uh, and I... In my mind, it is two different movies. Is it? So that's 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 what's there. I'm thinking of it. I've split it into two different things. Okay. I loved the sci-fi, spacey, almost horror type parts of the movie that were one movie. Cool. There's a lot of like well, we talked about Westworld before. We don't have to bring it up now, but yeah, I, like it has an idea, and I latched onto that idea, and I was like, I like this because it's saying. It's saying this, and yeah. I want people to hear this. And it's kind of, um, I think I talked about it one time that I'm trying to write a, a sci-fi comic, and it was essentially mm-hmm. this, or at least a, an aspect of this, where they're on this giant... Um, commercial liner, basically. Commercial liner through space, going to another planet that I forgot what it's called, to, um, I guess, not quite colonize, but to... Cultivate. To, to mm-hmm. cult- yeah, they're like, they're the... First to the to go there, and they're gonna build and start new there. Yeah, and uh, the idea is that it'll take, I think, like eighty years or something like that. So they're all in hibernation. Chris Pratt wakes up early, and it's been like ten years, so mm-hmm. he's got eighty years left on this thing. Yeah, and there's just lots of like 
gorgeous shots of the ship in space mm-hmm. and space and the idea of like that we have to do that. Yeah. That's what I took away is like, yes, that is that's the necessary thing. I want people to start thinking about this. Yeah. Because that's the necessary step. Um the other part of the movie is the romance with Jennifer Lawrence. Right. Which would be fine if uh uh they did a lot to kind of make it okay what he did but it's still questionable what he did uh, oh okay so, so we're, he we're th- that that noise that you just heard Aristotle make that's the tiptoeing towards a spoiler yeah uh i'm mis- should i spoil it or should i just not spoil it i mean it? i mean it's also not a spoiler cuz it's kind of the basis of the movie is that oh, he, oh that he opened up yeah oh okay Okay, so he unleashed the J-Law. Yeah. He woke up early because of a ship malfunction. Yes. But he needed someone to so he wouldn't go crazy. He was alone for a year and a half, Mm. which is what they don't tell you, is that he was already kind of loopy. Like, he he grows long hair and a beard. And he's living in that ship on his own every day trying to figure out how to get into the, um, the captain's quarters, which is locked. Like, he does mm. not have access to it, so he's just stuck. And uh, and so they kind of have, they spend a good amount of time on that. And then one day, um, he stumbles upon Jennifer Lawrence's uh, little sleeper. Cryosleep. Cryosleep bed. bed. And uh, he, like, I think that's, oh, God. So it's kind of like a love at first sight kind of thing where he sees her and then he yeah. looks her up and then he reads everything she's ever read she's ever wrote because she's a writer and hmm. he is an engineer. Uh, uh, so he's spending that time building stuff and taking apart the ship and modifying it for himself because a lot of the ship isn't quite available to him yet. Hmm. Um, so he's like really doing all this research and knows everything about her. Yeah, and then. Uh, he has to like they make it seem well, it is it's a heavy choice on it's a heavy burden for him to decide whether or not to wake her up which yeah. is a certain death sentence for So her. so what I'm gathering is that you enjoyed the the question of like how do we go about doing it but there was a I don't know it it sounds like the is the love story a little forced on something you would have much I mean, rather seen the straight sci-fi, or did it help you get into the story more? It's more about him waking her up because that's such a like, oh, like a, the moment he does it, which we all know is going to happen because she's in the movie. Yeah, uh, it's like fuck you, you ruined her life, um, you know. Yeah, and now you've forced her to live with you alone. Like that- it's. Mm. So it, it's like a bittersweet note. It's it's also like the, the internet hates it because it's so part of like the machine that like man takes what he wants and then of course he gets what he wants in the end in the movie kind of thing. Yeah. That's like fuck you. Uh I mean I would have enjoyed I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. It's just that one thing that's like yeah that's kind of a major issue. Yeah. I can absolutely see and agree with on with people. Yeah. With it other than that it's fine. Yeah, it's interesting because the um, when I was listening to my roommate um, recount the sort of saga that has been passengers, 
Um, there's probably a number of people that know this story better than I, but I'm okay with urban legends in this uh, modern day. Um, <laughs> is that uh, that had been the script had been vetted for about like oh. that had been shopped around with like the it couples of probably like five different iterations of it couples throughout Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I think Naomi Watts was looked at at one point. There was just a number of, of pairings that Hollywood was kind of like, we're, we're, we're trying to find the right pairing and in a way find the right time to do the script. And then once they came across Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, I think they were like, go. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a long stretch of, of all was almost going to be this pair and then just didn't work out. So I thought that was interesting. Um, but what did you do? Did you do anything big on New Year's, New Year's Eve? Uh, went bowling because uh, for the past, I th- well, I think it's four years now. It's either three or four years now that uh, some old friends of mine and my girlfriend go bowling. Yeah. And then we go back to a house and drink, get drunk. Uh, I didn't exactly get drunk because I didn't want to. No one's going to judge still- you. I still drank because of uh, the twenty six January first, twenty sixteen, was like the worst mm-hmm. hangover of my life, and I was okay. I want to do that again. So, so yeah, January first, twenty seventeen, different, was a fine day. Yeah, okay, definitely want to not have the hangover going into twenty seventeen. That's yeah. the, the the year of the living hangover. Um, I I went to San Diego. Um, and stayed with our friends who live in a gated community, actually outside of San Diego in San Marcos. And um, we were going to, we actually ended up doing um, a house crawl. So everyone just had like a, like a sampler or some food and a drink um, at all of these houses and, um, everyone just moved from house to house. Mm. Um, so everyone, everyone hosted for like 25 minutes. Like a community thing? Or are you saying like, yeah. uh, a, a network of friends driving house, well, it, to, house to house to it, house? It was, um, it's actually within the gated community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like people that were just, just the more proactive people on mm-hmm. the, uh, Facebook page for the the gated community. So there was like six families in total um, that all hosted at some point. And all of them had like a unique, different feeling that they brought to the the whole thing. So the hosts that we were with um, are, are a young family, but they have a, a little girl. So it just, it feels like a family. Whereas the, the next group that we went to was like the young couple mm. that it was just those two. And uh, and their their place was very vibrant and metropolitan. It was nice. Um, and then we go to another guy who's got like pianos everywhere, and his kids are all musicians. So he's got like a a grand piano from everything down to like a Schroeder Schrader piano. Um, <laughs> a and harpsichord. yes, and um, and the kids are all like very talented. And um, so that was a that was. It it was nice. I mean, for Pauline and myself, we were kind of like we're doing this because the family we wanted to be with is is doing it. But it was like, um, it it was fun. But there definitely there was one house that we went to 
that afterwards we came out and I just thought it was just another house and the hosts were kind of um, eccentric and that's really all that was. And when I come out, um, Pauline and her friend Jamie are talking something to the tune of, you understand how that was a serial killer house, right? And another one going, that's immediately what I thought. And I'm going, I'm sorry, what? And the husband's like, wait, what do you, what, 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 what did we miss? And we just like, we missed all of these signs, I guess, from, um, they didn't serve alcohol. Uh, they, they didn't serve alcohol. There was a garage that, um, was immaculate, like no dust anywhere in the garage. And it was like a showroom floor. And there was the, all the tools were like labeled and it was just like, it, it, it was like a huge garage full of all of these tools with labeling, like no one ever took it out of its place. Um, I know. And I was sort of like, Oh, maybe this is just OCD, but then the, Remind when, when. the, yeah, the, um, which it would be terrible that they'd immediately assume that, but they were like, this is a Dexter vibe. We know it. And mm. then I guess the woman was like, does anyone want to visit the bedroom? Does anyone want to visit the bedroom? Does anyone want to visit the bedroom? And, uh, I heard it a couple of times. Didn't think of anything. Cause I was talking to other people, but I guess she wouldn't let up. And so a number of people were like, uh, sure, sure. And we all make our way to the bedroom and I'm distracted by the fact that the guy has built a TV into the like footboard of the bed. Oh, that's wow. just like, yeah, it's like popping out. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I guess everywhere in the room is like signs of, of serial killers. So there's like a dress with like a dry cleaning like thing just laid out with heels next to it and KY jelly by it. And, and it just starts to get really like, uh, this is all the signs that I'm hearing, Wait, but I this, missed all this of was these. A couple living there, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so at at best or worst, they were swingers. At worst or best, they were serial killers. But we mi- But I, uh, all I did was I had some. I cheated. I'm sorry, Aristotle. I had some pigs in a blanket. Uh, but they were mini pigs in a blanket. <laughs> So it was just like pygmies baby, in a blanket, d- delicious pygmies in a blanket, um, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I hope they weren't me- made with human flesh. Um, yeah. So that know. was my that was that was how I ushered in, and then I went to uh, Stone Brewery in uh, San Diego by SeaWorld. Yeah, the that the courtyard looking one. Yes, but the oh, courtyard was closed because it was raining. And it was raining hard. I don't know if it was in L.A. too, but... On New Year's Eve? Yeah. Uh, it was raining and then it stopped. It was raining the- really hard in San Diego. And, and it, it um, we were... It, but it was nice because we thought it was going to ruin the um, gated community cult uh, crawl. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it was nice because then it was like a Midwesterner and an English girl being like, we don't have enough excuses to just get caught in the rain so it was nice to walk out in the rain when i haven't done that in what feels like years mm. like true rain not just like spit in your face rain um i've been to that stone brewery once and but i love it it's yeah so nice it was it was just nice because i was like um sometimes the gf can be vague about what she wants so i was like what do you what just what do you want and we're like reading it 
And then I was like, do you want like a Pilsner or something? And the, and I also was feeling like a weird mix of like, I can't have a heavy beer, but I, I don't like light beer. So I don't know what I want. So I was like, can I just have an Amber? And there was like all of these, they, they make it in a way where it's like meant to impress you that they have all these beers on tap. And he pretty much did serve us each up. Exactly the, what you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both of us were like, "Oh, this is really good." And I was like, "Yeah." And 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 at best, I was just vague for him, um, just enough to get what it was that we needed. Um, and then and then it was interesting because when, as the night was coming to a close, and a number of Ubers were needed to go from one place to another, uh, the group felt like the Uber driver didn't need a cash tip. And I, I just like am surprised how many people I like share an Uber with that don't feel the need to tip their Uber driver. Well, I thought simply, you were supposed to, but simply because the. But see, that's the thing. Like everyone says that, well, yeah. but they, but they don't. They don't get any tips on the back end. No mm-hmm. one's being generous to them. Not even really Uber. Well, that. Well, now at this point, I feel like because when I started, when I the first time I tried it, mm-hmm. I tried to offer a tip. And you, he- I've heard so many stories, and from my driver, like, no, we can't accept the tips. That right, as a as a policy, know. but a cash tip, like, they're no, you can, you can, you can do that. I, you I, can well, do that. I've, I'm also gonna say it depends on the driver, because I've had the that first guy. He I, was like, no, I can't take it. It was cash. I wonder if maybe just the nature of how they, but I'm, I've tipped four Uber drivers, I think, in the past, like week and a half two weeks and all of them have accepted because it's i mean there's a lot of i don't think there's a lot of competing like they're seeing other uber drivers and be like grr but like they're not i don't think they're getting pinged as much mm-hmm. and when they do get pinged at least in the la area they're um they are going to usc and just being asked to literally be dropped across the street I can't tell you because I like to talk to the Uber driver. I hate I hate sitting in awkward silence, and even if some of the conversations are the same, of like, oh yeah, I'm from here, I'm from there, and like this is why I Uber drive, and this is that. Like, eventually you get past that and you find out who these people are. But almost all of them in the LA area are like, yeah, I get I get pinged to pick up somebody across the street from where they need to be in USC. And being that I've done some app delivery based like form of work, I hate USC area and and it it fucking makes my day whenever I get a cash tip. It really mm. does. Um and and it's and it's interesting because now my whole thing has been I used to just give out and I this feels so weird, but like any cash I'd have I'd usually give to somebody that's like by the highway. You know what I mean? Like has a cup out or something like that and now like i still do that i'm still such a sucker but like anyone that's just trying to work like just trying to have their uber job or something like that it's just kind of like a i i want them to know that like i know how frustrating it is so i just Mm -hmm. i tip them i just think it's weird that like uber's like you don't need to do it through the app like don't worry about it and that makes like the the need for them to get a tip just completely go away so anyway that's my small little soapbox i didn't mean to jump up on there but like tip your uber driver like even a dollar or two um so 
That's 2016. Um, since it's a uh, since it's a new year in 2017, um, the common feedback of Melcast 3.0 is. Uh, move along, move along. Move along. If uh, we still had our soundboard, move along. Um, I miss that soundboard. Yeah, uh, which also reminds me that I'm I'm on the hunt for, for more sounds. No, for uh, Star Wars on VHS, the original, unedited. Uh, but, well, I, well, I guess I'm still looking for that VHS, but I have unedited, unaltered Star Wars yes. on my computer right now. Really? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but I f- skimmed through to make sure that it is, and oh my god. Uh, Good stuff? I'm excited, but at the same time, it wasn't until I skimmed that I was like, oh yeah, this nothing is different, because he only added things, so yeah. I'm watching a slightly shorter movie, which That's I'm true. still excited about, but I'm like, okay, yeah, there's... And there's no Han, like, stepping on a tail, there's no... Yeah, that scene's gone, and then uh, Han... There's not even a, a question of whether Greedo tried to shoot because it's purely just Han shooting. It's just murderous. Yeah, it's just straight up murder. Which, it kind of makes me wonder if they're going to... Touch that in the Solo movie? Well, in the Solo oh. movie, but like, imagine if like a decade from now or two, um, we get um, Diego Luna's character, the retouch up on him. Um, shooting that guy in the back? Yeah. Hmm. Ah, be know. like oh no 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 he's a hero like we need to be able to sell toys of him yeah and they just niceify him hopefully not hopefully not yeah. um there is some nerdy news that we have for all of you even if it's a uh, late into the program uh there were some leaked images of brian cranston's zordon from the upcoming power rangers film uh the image is a screen grab from a vr video in which zordon and fan favorite alpha if you didn't catch that yes alpha is visible in the bottom left-hand corner, um, and uh, there's also been some new plot details that surfaced, uh, which I was like, oh, this excites me more. Zordon and Rita Repulsa, if you remember in the original series, were at odds with each other, and their battle um, concluded in each of them being contained. Um, And uh, what we have now found out is that Zordon is supposed to be understood to have previously been a Red Ranger in this film and Rita a Green Ranger, um, which I think is awesome for the sake of, I think this Rita Repulsa would look awesome as a Green Ranger, but also Zordon being a Red Ranger proves to me how fucking much the Red Ranger is the leader. Like when Tommy came in, I'm still I'm still not over it when Tommy came in and just was like, "Hey, I think I'll be a leader now." And Jason was like, "No, that thanks. I've been the leader for uh, ever now. To go away." He's like, "Yeah, but I I want to be, so just go away." Everyone just accepted it. I was bitter forever. And now I feel like this might be the tiniest bit of a like fan tip of the cap to the role of the Red Ranger um in the Power Ranger series. Um, also, Pottermore announced that J.K. Rowling will be updating Fantastic Beasts and where to find them with a new forward from Mr. Newt Scamander, um, including six new beasts, completely new for this edition, and line illustrations of all the beasts. That book is set to be released March 14th. Also, Mr. Jeff Johns, my personal hero, 
and 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 savior tentpole whatever you want to call him for the dc comics universe the dc film universe the man jeff johns teased in a series of new year's eve tweets that he'll be writing comics again accompanied with a photo of dr manhattan um which really excites me uh because i've uh, rebirth was great and and I don't just know that because I thought it and felt it and read it and enjoyed it, but people who are like diehard Marvel fans and just would 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 make part of their experience here at Meltdown just shitting on DC right in front of me came up to me and said like I'm enjoying Rebirth, so I, I'm happy that Rebirth is happening. But I was I was they touched on Doctor Manhattan's involvement. Uh, in the current DC canon and kind of walked away from it. Um, and I think that was to just set some larger pieces of where all the characters are at in this new rebirth. But I'm very happy if they get back to Dr. Manhattan's involvement in the universe. And interestingly enough, Mr. Adam, who works here uh, at uh, Meltdown Comics, pointed out to me that uh, in the most current... Um, Superman uh, to come out uh, the story arc Multiplicity Part 1 of uh, DC Universe Rebirth Superman number 14 um, we get the unfolding of Grant Morrison's Multiversity into the DC canon right now um, on the cover of this current issue for Superman we see all of the super men and women because there's a woman thrown in there and also a Frankenstein monster and a flower power um, 70s black exploitation uh, in there and of course Red Sun Superman so we're we're seeing all of the Superman and then the cast of um, Grant's multiversity shows up just kind of out of a portal mentioning that they saw some blue um, energy manipulating the uh world around them so i think i i'll be interested to see because i think when we had grant on he talked about his how he was like i don't know if i necessarily see how there could be a sequel to multiversity um so i'll 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 wonder i would want to ask him what uh he thinks of Of the multi now yeah the cast joining um the main cast um the question could also be asked of Though we know the answer of Doctor Manhattan being thrown into the mm-hmm. yeah, well, with Jeff with Jeff working on it, I I definitely trust it. So if you want to see how the DC universe's ripples of everything um, are playing out, definitely check out Superman this week. Um, tech, kind of one of my picks of the week, um, but I have some others. What now? That we're moving out of nerdy news into pick of the week. Mr. Aristotle, what is your pick of the week for our first podcast of 2017? Uh, well, sticking with the the DC side of things, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, I was excited for Gerard Way's DC's Young Animal uh, and all the books that came along with it. What I was not expecting was that my favorite so far would be Shade the Changing Girl. Yes. Uh I have picked for this week Shade the Changing Girl number nice. four, which is here are the credits, written by Cecil Castellucci, who uh, sent well sent me slash the store a Christmas card. That's kind right. Of, 
saying thank you because I think uh, Shade had been my pick of the week in the stores uh, front counter with for number three, mm-hmm. uh, which was just super awesome. Yeah, that was uh, great. It is thank nice. You, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who keep an eye on our picks of the week mm. and if they ever fall into it and there's a there's a lot of artists that definitely say thank you it's uh, it's nice when a lot of them show gratitude because you're not expecting it you're just putting it there in your slot and they'll just like tweet back thank you that means a lot which uh also reminded me uh oh i'll tell you later i think <laughs> uh my last just kidding guys uh, yeah i'll tell you later uh, the illustrations for Shade are done mm-hmm. by Marley Zarcone, who I've always, uh, every time she has something, I'm excited about it because she's great. Uh, and then it has to also be brought up the inks and colors. The inks were by uh, Andy Parks or Anday Parks, but I'm going to say Andy Parks. Uh, and the colors are Kelly Fitzpatrick because Marley's an amazing illustrator, mm-hmm. but. The inks and colors are what, uh, what really catch your eye. And the lettering is b- done by Saida Temafout. Temafout? And what was the highlight of the issue this week? Uh, well, if you're unfamiliar, we're following the story of this high school girl who was a bully uh, and was put into a coma. And that's what's kind of slowly being unraveled here. You get the sense that... or Well, I guess you don't get the sense. We know that she drowned or uh, right. was knocked unconscious in a lake. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we're starting from. Uh, and the alien does not remember who she was, but she knows that she's visiting in this girl's body and is just feeling all these crazy emotions and does not know what's going on. And it's kind of just, uh, it's, uh, it's so, it's so perfectly represented the way that the, the like, God, that everything is done by the way that she stands in the comics because it's always hmm. kind of like head tilted, kind of off to the side. Like head is very clearly in another place, but is also actually in another place. Yeah, days, and that that's uh, just looking at that image of her standing like that. Like that's exactly what this book is. Hmm. Everything about this book. So, so are you um, saying then that like stature, like her, her the way, yeah, like the way she holds herself is like that's rip- the way that the the story kind of is in that. Uh, you're never quite sure of what's actually happening. Like, you know, when mm. she's talking to her parents, you know she's talking to the parents, but there's, like, these little cloud-colored eyeball kind of floating around, and maybe something's floating in the background. And Interesting. Or maybe there isn't a background, and it's just one solid color kind of thing. And yeah. it's uh, a question of whether... That's interesting. Is that what so, she's seeing, or is that what everybody's seeing? There's, like, a... She's almost kind of a unreliable narrative or narrator in a way she, yeah. there's like a she's kind of a conduit for the superficial nature of how exposition happens but then there's the commentary and then there's this voice from the ether mm. that's, yeah, that's cool that's what i said yeah that's cool yeah, no, 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 i was i was just yeah, yeah i was rephrasing i was rephrasing um that's that's awesome uh and then what is there does it end in a cliffhanger uh yeah where she's um she has, it's not quite her boyfriend, but a boyfriend that uh, she realizes that she has been terrible to everybody. And it kind of like 
clicks into place mm. that like, oh, that's why they're treating me this way because they only know the girl that used to be what I'm in now. Got and it. So she kind of says sorry. The boyfriend's like, uh, the boyfriend's the only one that's kind of like, no, I'm sorry. I should have helped. And it's only <laughs> it's only when she's sleeping in her dreams that she can kind of start to piece together what life like was yeah. before. And so at the end of this issue, she kind of wakes up and she knows. She doesn't say that she knows what happens, but she knows what happens. And it's kind of like, a, now I know. Now I really see how these people are. Got it. To me. Um, I had Captain Adam. The, oh, excuse me. The Fall and Rise of Captain Adam, number one, is the first of my picks of the week. Um, and that is that was nice because I, I remember when Justice League Unlimited came out, the, the animated series, they did a very interesting thing um, that kind of stuck out with me is they put their secondary characters and kind of third-tier characters up front and then got to Superman and Batman and all those. Um, but they they wanted you to like some of the lesser-knowns, like, right out the gate. And so Captain Adam kind of stands as one of those earlier ones that I can remember has been in my mind as a part of the justice league for a really long time, but it's he, there's like an ebbing and flowing between we need the justice league to be just seven characters to no, we need the justice league to be like 40 characters deep. Like that is the justice league. It's you walk into the hall of justice and there's so many heroes. And so in my mind, captain Adam always stands as this like, every once in a while justice leaguer um and and i so he he has kind of a, a special place in my heart uh and um i loved the immediate pacing of this issue this issue uh was written by Carrie Bates uh Will Conrad was the artist and the colorist was Ivan Nunes and straight away they have him in his containment cell cuz he's they're worried he's going to blow at any given moment and they're the, the military that he always he's he's basically um, his captain isn't just like a name superhero name given to him it's it's a rank within the military mm. and um, Captain Adam's whole thing is that he's basically a living dirty bomb like he can atomically manipulate the structure of water he does it in this uh, issue where a boat is about to capsize and he makes the molecular structure of the water um, capsizing the boat into a jello mold to secure it. So he can manipulate like that, but he always has these bouts of being unstable and potentially blowing at any given moment. Um, one of the most famous times that he blew up was in... Um... <gasps> Boom! <laughs> was right in the middle of Melcast. Was um That's in, the most famous time. Yes. <laughs> in uh in uh Kingdom Come. Ah, ah. Um and uh he blows up in Kansas um because that's actually in this issue where the containment cell for him is and in Kingdom Come it's like the thing that snaps Superman out of his retirement. Um but in, in this issue, um 
it starts out with him being like them being like son tell us the events that just unfolded um as he's like about to blow and and so they can go back and know what's wrong and what happened and how to potentially fix him and it's uh it's him first starting to be like oh something's off and cyborg superman and green lantern show up um try and contain him on the way to uh the containment field in Kansas and uh there's a scene where Green Lantern's like I'm sorry and they're like what do you mean and his like shield bursts from all of the um excess energy from uh Captain Adam and then um they they basically get it to where they can just get him into the containment field and then it fast forward or rewinds again to when they were talking to him um when the military were talking to him and he explodes. But then when you turn the page there after they've been saying like, I'm going to miss him. He was a, he was a good guy. And, and they know he's not in the containment field. Um, they cut to like a crater that he's in. And I think it means that he exploded into a completely different reality. Huh. So and they and they mentioned a time they were talking they were like I don't think we're going to see Captain Adam make it to 2013 and I was like this is weird and so now I don't know if this is like him in like a time gap like them doing like continuity from whenever the last time we saw him was yeah. um like pre-convergence basically um but yeah, I think that there's definitely some jump that we're not meant to fully understand yet mm-hmm. because they were just looking at him and now he's still in Kansas because you see like a newspaper that says Kansas City Star or something like that. Um, but it's like kind of a leveled city. So he's he's elsewhere. He's displaced in time. We're not, We're just not sure if it's forward or back or left or right. So um, that's that's my pick of the week. Definitely uh, get a chance to check it out. Um, what was your other pick of the week? My other pick now, switching over to Marvel, uh, is this is my pick for, I guess, a few reasons. Uh, it's a Marvel number one, part of Marvel Now, uh, and that would be the Unstoppable Wasp because we all know I love me some Ant Man. Yes, uh, and a wasp, and a wasp, and the wasp is uh, a character, as far as I know, that has not gotten her own book, and if she has, it's been quite a while. Yeah. Uh, so I was happy to see that she got her own. Uh, what kind of, uh, I guess my disclaimer is, uh, I haven't been quite on top of Marvel as I would like to be. So I was a little bit lost uh, when the book starts out right with our wasp hanging out with uh, Miss Marvel. Mm. Uh, You're lost by that? Because I'm not lost by that because it almost looks like they're the from the cover that I'm looking at of Wasp, they're they're going to the target demographic of like Miss Marvel. Of yeah. Well that's that's what I enjoyed about this book was that it uh it it's still that fun kind of, like it's in the vein of the uh, Howard the Duck, Squirrel yes. Girl, Miss yeah. Marvel, fun, cool, 
I, I mean, the only word I could describe is fun. It's modern. It's a fun book. It's modern definitely book. modern. Yeah. Uh, but what confused me was their relationship because they already seemed to know each other quite well. Yeah. So I thought, surely this is this is not her first rodeo. Yeah. Because this is not Hope Van Dyne we're dealing with here. Yeah. Though her name is Hope. Uh, and so that's that's where I was a little thrown off by like, okay, so how do... How do we, where do we know her from? Yeah. Uh, and so they kind of explain who she is a little bit. Uh, this would be... Her name is Nadia, which I think she said is Russian for hope. And Nadia, huh. our new wasp, who I love, is the daughter of Hank Pym from a marriage he had where his wife died. But what she didn't... It's all explained. In oh, the book, Hank. But that, that's where I was like, wait. You womanizing. Well, that's why I was like, I, don't, I know nothing of this. Is this created? Is this somewhere? Was this added in in another book, or is this yeah. added in like for this book? Uh, so the idea is that Hank Pym was married to a woman, and they were both. She was captured by Russians and died. But what he didn't know was that she had a daughter, hmm. and so she's been in the red room. Which uh, people may know from Black Widow, mm. and was forced to be a scientist because she was already very smart. Like it was, yeah, a role that they was like, oh, this is where she needs to be, and so she was forced to be a scientist all the time. Uh, and so uh, she, I believe, like she kind of favored her father's work and discovered how to work the pin particle. Yeah. As soon as she could do that, she escaped. She was out of there, and now she's our new little wasp. And she's, uh, I can't find the line, but there's a great line of where like, oh my god, you've you've been in isolation all that time, and yet here you are, so happy. He's like, yeah. Well, I mean, if I would have you know come out and been a grump and depressed about it, then I truly would have lost. Yeah. Like I won here. Uh, and so, like, the, right from the start of the book, she's friendly to everybody, and everybody loves her. And it's like one panel. They walk into room, next panel, everybody in that room knows her and loves her. And she knows, like, like how's, uh, so, like, good luck with your son kind of deal. Yeah. And so she's already a super enjoyable character that I like a lot. Uh, and then there's another great moment where uh, she has to get her immigration papers uh, in order mm-hmm. because she is from Russia. Uh, but she doesn't have papers, really. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a giant robot outside, and mockingbirds out there sh- fighting the giant robot, and so Ms. you know Marvel and you know classic Marvel, classic strife. Marvel stuff. Uh, Miss Marvel and Wasp join in, and then they're hanging out with Mockingbird. Uh, but what is what is her name? Uh, so they go to dinner afterwards, uh, and. Nadia finds out Mockingbird's, like, uh, real name is Barbara... Gordon. Is, is it Barbara? It's not Barbara Gordon. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, her name, Barbara Morse, but they've been calling her Bobby. Close. She's like, wait, you're the Barbara Morse? Uh, like, Project Gladiator Barbara Morse? Like, most successful reproduction of the Supreme Soldier Bar? Like, she knows everything about her. She's like, in the Red Room, mm. I read, like, all of your science work like i you are my hero you're an inspiration to me and there's a mo- like a uh, mockingbird kind of tears up and says like i've been 
doing this a long time and nobody mm. ever thinks of me that way. They just think of me as the girl that hits stuff with sticks. So, like, thank you. And then uh, it's, she's like, come here, kid. It's been a rough couple of months for me. I thought, oh, my God. Not only is that it's great here in the book, but great because of the whole controversy with the ask me about mm-hmm. it. Like, oh, oh, my God. So, That's uh, cool. Yeah, this book totally won me over. And then uh, they kind of hang out a little more, and they talk about uh, uh, something that I think about often, but it kind of definitely shifted it a little bit for me, is the Marvel geniuses. Like, whenever I... Like, I, I love Black Panther. I'm excited for the movie. Yeah. And my, the idea is always like, man, Wakanda sounds awesome. I want to see that. Black Panther is like a, you know crazy skilled fighter and i want to see the the city of the dead but he's also one of the smartest characters in the marvel universe yeah it's his whole thing is that he's one of the smartest Mm. wakanda is like one of the richest places and it's just like a however you however you view africa or however it's been like fed to you invert that and truly like live in what that inversion could be and that's like the escapism but idealism of of like i i'm always happy to hear about black panther because it's like yeah fuck yeah that's what comics should be yeah it should be able to take something that either like uh, the lie of it's lived on too long or like whatever's true that we want to see change about it like it can be i just i just listened to a radio program where they talked about how we're too Right now we're too, too. We we've been into dystopian for so long. For so long that yeah, now it's now it's starting to come real because mm-hmm. sci-fi has been living in this dystopian world and like things like Black Mirror. I do love it in a way. In a way, I I love seeing this like dark parallel to where we're at. But in a way. It's kind of like the, you need the, to the, the yeah the the imaginative progressives um, the you know the the genes Gene Roddenberry's of our you know we need those people to be like well it could be very boring in the future because we're we're practically like figuring out steps of how how do we do this how do we do that passengers how do we you know make it and do this but. Uh, we need to be thinking. We need our headspace, the like collective nature of us to be entertained by, be entertained almost, but by our futuristic to-do list than just kind of being like, well, it's a matter like we're going to run out of materials and just die. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's all true, though that's also a, not uh, totally where I was going. I, I know. Uh, I Again, the- classic Mel cast aggression. <laughs> I always think of Black Panther as one of the smartest characters in the Marvel Universe, yes. which then, uh, not always or often, but makes me then think of like all the other characters that are right. on that list of smartest, like the Illuminati. All those characters are mm. uh, mostly made up of the smartest characters in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. What this book brings up is that all those characters are men, and only recently mm. have they added a woman to that list who was Moon Girl. In the new Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh, yeah. And they talk about, like, like fuck that list. Like, all these guys have known each other for so long, and how often do they actually ever look at new scientists? How do they know that there isn't a new smartest person? Because uh, 
Mockingbird looks at, uh, oh my God, what's her name again? <laughs> Nadia. And, um, and says like, you might possibly be on that list. And who knows what other women are on this list. And so at the end of the book, she starts Girl, which is uh, Genius in Action Research Labs. Uh, and so now hmm. in the uh, Agents of Girl letter column in the back, what I un- from what I understand that, that they'll be doing is highlighting real lady scientists to spotlight. Interesting. So in the back we have, uh, I haven't gotten a chance to read it yet, but Rachel and Marina, who are actual lady scientists. Oh, so it's not, it's not fiction. They're not, they're not Marvel characters. They're like real life women that are scientists. That's cool. That's cool. The film Hidden Figures. Yeah, that too. Just came out to be like, hey, historically there's been women within science. So Mm -hmm. that's very cool. Um, I... So over it's a it's an A plus book in, in my. In that's my, cool. That's a number my, one, and that just came out. And yeah. you gave uh, kudos to the creators. Uh, not yet. Which uh, at first I was like, ah, oh, but I'm all, and now more shocked that it was written by I believe a man, uh, Jeremy Whitley, uh, art by Elsa Caratier. I'm just gonna say it like that because I'm not sure exactly <laughs> how to say. Uh, colors by Megan Wilson and letterings by. VCs Joe Caramagna. Nice. Very uh, nice. But yes, absolutely picked it up. Well, my pick of the week, um, my second pick of the week, uh, I've talked about before, and for the longest time, I could not remember the title, and I was trying to look it up, and I like was basically like, which Melcast did I talk about that? Because I was so... Desperate to return to it. Is it a Berenstein Bears kind of situation? No, but I've had a couple of those. Like, I woke up today. Okay, another digression, and then I promise I'll I'll get back to it. What? Sinbad? Sinbad? No. Oh, okay. What? No. No, no. If you have a Sinbad story, I'll I'll hear it after Melcast. But um, (laughs) uh, I woke up today, and I checked Facebook for someone. Like, someone did, like, a new comment on like a status that I did, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at I looked at the previous ones and I was like, wait. It was actually Adam here mm-hmm. at the store. He left a comment that was something like I was I was talking about how I had just submitted to Caucasian guy um <laughs> on LA casting and that I hope that I get it. And Adam was like, Aren't you worried you're gonna get typecast? And I commented. But when I woke up this morning, his comment was someone else's and i wasn't misreading it i was like wait no i replied to adam specifically with like a cheeky remark that doesn't fit that comment at all that comment was the person that commented first and then i i like clicked on it and then it was the one that i remembered i was like okay but then i go back and now all now all of them are switched like I'm looking at this guy's who used to be this girl's comment, but then when I click on it, it's what I remember. So I had my own Bernstein Bears with Derek's Facebook of like, this is like, I'm watching them jump all over the place. Like, they didn't stay the same either. Adam's like corrected, but then somebody else has changed. I was like, the fuck is going on? That's super weird. Electronic reality is trying to like reshape (laughs) around me. Um, 
But yes, so digression aside, um, to feed anyone's like, that was happening to me, like, <laughs> side of them. Um, oh, warlords. The Warlords of Appalachia. Uh, I now remember uh, the title of it. It's from Boom Studios. We've talked about it before, but I will give kudos to it because it is such, honestly, it's such a fucking good book. And it taps into some weird, like, it is another, yet, yet again, dystopia, but this weird, like, is a very American dystopia that's rooted in storytelling that I feel like is the lore of our land, just like in a modern and futuristic um, setting. So it's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson. The illustrator is Jonas Scharf, and the colorist is Doug Garbark. Um, I've, so basically... There's there's only been three issues out. I talked about the first one, but there's there's a way in which I I love the storytelling and I love the the um, presentation of it. So without even without even reading anything um, other than just looking at the cover, you see four symbols at the top. Um, the the first of which says the blue boys. The second of which says the augmented cavalry. The third says Mountain Faith, and the fourth says Sweet Rock, and they have symbols that accompany it. And in a way, it's I appreciate when I get like graphic foreshadowing of things, and and knowing, hey, which part of the story either have I not been introduced to and are going to, or which are we talking about? So like. In a way, before you even pick up the issue, you know what's going to be. You know who you know which of the like four factions we're primarily going to be looking at, and so um, between the the second and third issue that I came into meltdown, I was like, oh great, um, I was behind. I'll catch up on it. Um, they they show you which which one it's going to be focused around, and so. Uh, for those of you that maybe have a vague recollection of this, it's the it is the story about th- anyone that's looking to secede from the United States, but that wants to be in this land. You go to Kentucky, which is just the like, sure, we've disbanded, sort of like whatever, and the rest of the U.S. is okay with just them disbanding, but the government's not okay with that, and they're trying to crack down on them, and and uh, there's this very idealized version of the rebels you know like like in a way this i don't think this is propaganda for like like uh, rebellious for the sake of like any political issue in our current climate just the idea of like big government versus like like yeah no government in a way um like that idealized form of storytelling there's no like element of it like you know people really just under misunderstand the south and like what the confederacy was all about like it's 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 almost like this is like if you could cut out all the racist elements of what like makes that statement come to fruition this is just like no 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 the strict big government versus and big government oversight versus like we just need to be able to live in our land the way that we want to mm-hmm. um and uh, so the main character is this is this like military fighter, but kind of holy man, um, and uh, he's trying to help the rebels um, 
he's trying to find his son basically but he's also inadvertently helping the rebels it's it's kind of the hero's journey of he's denying really his place but then there's this really weird element really weird in a great awesome way um ambiguous sort of the the prose of the book reads like somebody singing a hymn um in like a baptist church basically um and so at first you think oh this is just a creative way of storytelling but in a way all of the the hymns that they're talking about all the lyrics the the lines are actual places in the land that's depicted so they talk about the river canaan mm-hmm. um and that's actually in this book i don't know if that's actually in the appalachians and that would be um new geographical and history for me but um it's in a way it's 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 walking this line where it's not trying to force like christianity down your throat but just this the 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 religious air of of what's what a church in like appalachia would be and and not but also not trying to discredit the sort of whole supernatural feel to it. And so I've mentioned before, there's also like this weird walking dead element of the blue boys are, are, are Kentucky people who took a bad batch of meth and are walking around, not unlike the walking dead. Um, but they, in a almost like PCP way, like they can't feel anything. So they'll like hunt you down until their lungs explode. Um, and, uh, where we're at in the story is all of a sudden these augmented cavalry come in. So it's the, it's the, are they cyborg like? Yes. It's, it's basically the black ops equivalent of the, of the American government that's taking soldiers and, and they don't look, they're not clean. Like these aren't clean, like cyborgs you know what i mean they don't look like cyborg from teen titans they look like my limbs got blown off in and now there's like an experimental approach to this there's no like Like, capitalist funding to make sure you look like the ultimate soldier it's like stitches yeah like one of them's just got like (coughs) one of them looks like cabal from mortal kombat if you can remember like how he looks. Um so but it's it's a really great book and I don't want to give away too many of the plot points cuz there's so many good ones but it's it's in a weird way it's like Walking Dead meets like Breaking Bad meets I don't know like a almost uh Grapes of Wrath like form of storytelling. It's like it's a really crazy unique book and uh that's it's like one of those things you read and you're like fuck this is why i read comics is because mm-hmm. these like these like tropes of the hero's journey and all these things i've seen before but done in a way that's like not just never thought of 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 just like it's so close to what i've thought of but then it goes in a completely different and new direction so i can't say enough about warlords of appalachia i'll probably just I'll say wholeheartedly this will be one that I'll definitely get in trade because I just want to 
it, 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 I think it's going to have such a full story that I'll want to go back and, and visit. But I do appreciate the singles of it because it, it, it's a very easy way to read singles in that it tells me through icons like who we're going to be reading about. Mm-hmm. So that was a successful 2017 first podcast. Uh, we want to thank you guys very much for listening to us. You can tweet us, um, Instagram us at Meltcast for both accounts. Myself at Vander Millennia. And I'm at Aris Tacos. Aris Tacos. Um, and let us know if you think that these picks are great too. Uh, if you found one of the dollars off on the Metro and you want to take mm. a picture, um, go ahead and do that. If you're not at all in the LA area and you heard some little poignant thing or some digression that you thought was not quite a digression, you understand completely where we were going with that digression, uh, go ahead and just let us know. And in the meantime, we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for picking us up. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at Meltcast. We occasionally tweet some things. And while you're at it, follow at Meltdown Comics. They're awesome, and you can keep up with all of their sales and events that happen every day.